everyone. Welcome into the Gridiron Tech Show, week four of the NFL season. Michael McQuaid joined once again by uh, my comrade Oliver, Ollie Connolly. Ollie, uh, can you believe it's week four, man, already? Uh, yeah, I can. Uh, it's like last week. It's, it feels feels deeper in the season. What's fun about week four is, you know, we have the, all these early season narratives and the Panthers started 3-0 last year, right? And then they ended up stinking. Um, but week four, it's like that is a quarter of the season in. And so you can really start saying like uh, making real judgments about teams. So I, I'm looking forward. I know some people are pretty down the slate of games, but I, I'm looking forward to it. I like the slit of games. I like the early slit of games, and we'll talk about it in a wee second. Just before we start off, folks, uh, check out the link in the bio of this podcast for our Unibet sign-up offer. Uh, all you got to do is click the link and sign up for a new offer. All of the odds that we are using in this podcast are with Unibet. So obviously, if you use a different bookmaker, the odds will differ or could differ. And um, Please do gamble responsibly and only bet what you can afford. Be gambleaware.org. Okay, so... Last week, Oliver, I said in this podcast, quote, word for word, that the Kansas City Chiefs were printing money against the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Now, both our bets of the weeks uh, were down. Mine was KC minus six mm-hmm. uh, or on the handicap at 22-25. You on the Chiefs over 27 and a half points. At what time in the game did you start to panic? And I, I, like, I know you weren't panicking, but at what point did you go, well, this bet's not coming up? <laughs> well, yeah. I think even quite early that Stefan Gilmore, remember he had the 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 third down, the play in space, and he tackled Travis Kelsey. And I had not factored in the um, Stefan Gilmore is the only tight end raiser left in football because of his size. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I didn't factor in. But honestly, I mean, they left like 30 points on the field. It wasn't as if like the Colts dominated them on defense. There were guys wide open. Mahomes missed a bunch of throws. Um, they had how many special teams errors. So... Um, yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. That 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 probably should have come in even within the flow of the game that the Colts defense did, you know, did play well. Enjoyable game. Harrison Butker's value going up and up and up even more and more and more. Uh, so we're going to look at this game first off. It's the game in the early window on Sunday. I would say early window. There's a game in London, but the, the first state of games at 1 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. UK, 7 p.m. Europe. The Colts uh, on the handicap going up against the Titans. Colts, Ollie, favoured at 10 to 11 on, minus three and a half on the handicap. The over and under is 42 and a half at 22 to 25 on. And the Colts on the money line, 11 to 20 favourites. Now, from an offensive standpoint, Ollie, the Colts ranked 22nd in the NFL with 331 yards per game. Now, I know you're very uh, open on discuss- discussing the offensive line. I like the Titans in this game. With the over, I have a feeling Derek Henry is going to run through these lads. Am I crazy after that uh, defensive performance last week against Kansas City? No, I think my my big concern for this game is that Colts O line. There's something weird is going on there. They're having and it, they've spent they spend spend not spent more money than anyone in the NFL on the offensive line. They are getting no push in the run game. And they have guys that everyone loves, right? Ryan Kelly, Nelson, going down the line. Everyone thinks, oh, that's a good group. They get no push in the run game anymore. They're having so many protection busts. It's not even funny. They Frank Reich after the game was like genuinely jaw open at a loss for words. For like, I've never in my coaching career experienced so much pressure in the middle of the field that's off a bust. 
that does you usually get pressure in the middle of the field because someone's dominant, right? It's Jeffrey Simmons as the guy on the other side of the ball here, which is concerning, or Aaron Donald, right? They just destroy someone one on one, or someone schemes up a pressure path where the guy's totally unblocked, right? It, it to have this many breakdowns when you have a veteran quarterback. The same center they've always had, who's a veteran guy who's considered good at this in terms of setting protections and stuff, and a really experienced O-line coach. For them to blow protections five or six times a game in such costly spots is just bizarre. Now, I don't know if that's one of those ones where over the course of the season it standardizes and it's just one of those weird early season flukes and they get on the same page, but it's, it's really, really unusual. And for that to be your concern against a Tennessee defensive front that has Demico Autry and Jeffrey Simmons as some of the best athletes in the NFL, and then a really cool, creative pressure scheme. That gives me all kinds of concerns, and they don't have the ability to fall back on the Kyler thing of, well, our quarterback can make magic happen, even if everything's bleeped up front. It's like, he is stood there, right? and if Jeffrey Simmons or Demico Autry gets there, it's a wrap. So I would be, I don't know, I'm pretty concerned about it. I, I think there's going to be points. I, I do think there will be points. Yeah, it's it's a weird one because on a different broadcast, I have picked the Colts to win, but now you're talking me Ryan for Tennessee, man. <laughs> really, really are. And it's one of those things last week where that Colts defense just, just showed up and, and won in the game. I granted there was issues on the special teams and the and the kicking situation as well. It was just one of those things. In terms of the betting situation, the Colts are one, two, I know against the spread this season. They're winless against the spread when they're three and a half point favorites. So it could be the one time for them. The Titans are winless against the spread when they're three point five underdogs. Something has to give. Mm-hmm. So it could be it could be a close one. I like the over 42 and a half, but it's it's hard on the handicap, isn't it? It is difficult. The Colts one stuff. Look, the, the defensive line was out of its mind last week, and I think that that was probably a step above what their natural level is. If I'm being honest with you, um, and then they didn't do anything kind of creative in the game plan. We spoke about the, the Gus Bradley effect and kind of how Mahomes had torched him last week, and all they did was play a ton of man coverage, which is not unusual, but is a lot for them against the Chiefs. That's the only really change. Gus Bradley made on third down specifically they played almost exclusively man coverage which is unusual and they just won one-on-one matchups and like I said Stefan Gilmore that Travis Kelsey is the number one receiver in in Kansas City right he's just the number one guy the alignments the target rates he's lined up everywhere he's a number one receiver who happens to be called a tight end by some people and Stefan Gilmore just so happens to be someone the only corner in the league really with a physical enough presence and enough foot speed to match up with those guys now he struggles at this age against quicker people a Tyreek Hill or someone smaller guys but against a big body tight end he's the only guy you can throw on those guys and he can actually match up to them and make plays and still there was guys wide open on third down that Mahomes just missed or that the pressure was too much before he got there so I don't know how sustainable I think people are going to get in their in their heads about that Colts defensive performance because of who it was against I'm not quite sure it was like some some major major thing um if you can get movement in the run game that was the other thing right the the, the Chiefs were awful on early downs, awful on first down, essentially, running the ball and had, had just insane third and long percentage for the whole game. I don't think that's going to happen to the Titans. I don't like that offensive line at all. But I do think Henry, to your point, will at least create some yards after the contact where it's like third and four, third and manageable. And then you just got to hope for the best against the secondary. I think they can they can actually get after a little bit. So I, I'm, I'm with the Titans on this one, I think. Let's see how we get on. Uh, this game, this next game should be Sunday Night Football. It's yep. the Baltimore Ravens Cup against the Buffalo Bills. Bills, three and a half point favorites on the handicap, uh, three and a half points. 
Uh, the over and under is 52 at 10 to 11. Now, I'm saying this game should be Sunday Night Football because we don't know if Sunday Night Football is going to happen because there's a hurricane. And hopefully everyone, if you're listening in Florida, is okay. Um, I guess the, the, thing that, the thing that you've mentioned here, Ali, is your key point on, on this game is have Buffalo recovered from last week. And man, they were if they were given another 30 seconds last week, they may have won that game. Uh, it was just funny because like I'm seeing all the memes this week of Miami celebrating against a couple of second string players. Whereas Josh Allen was chilled. I, I'm, I'm joking. I think I know, I've set I know, you off I now. get that, but I think the thing that like has gone massively under the radar is that that defense stood up to 90 plays. That is insane. And you say if they, if they had 30 seconds, yeah, if they had one more timeout and he did, he, he, he threw up the ball on the last play because he was he fell, he, he fell into Tua's arms at the end of the game, Josh Allen, because he was like, I am exhausted. 90, 90 plays? It's insane. And in that heat, and I, I mean, I, we're, we're taping this, obviously. Um, we're taping it before the Thursday night football game. It is unfair that those guys are being made to play after playing. And I mean, Thursday night football is immoral anyway, but to do it after that game is gross. And the same thing for the Bills, man. 90 plays is no bleeping joke. And then this, they still have all the secondary concerns. So it's like... I, I know, you know, it's one of those ones where I think if you just went matchup by matchup, you know how much I love the Ravens. That's my Super Bowl pick preseason, right? So I'm as in on the Ravens as anyone else. So I have, you know, I wrote a column about Mike McDonald after the first week defensively where he was doing some cool stuff. I It's not one of those I immediately regret this decision Ron Burgundy situations, but because I didn't say they were great and he's still trying the creative stuff. I'm just going to let's just put some placeholder question marks in here for another couple of weeks and I'll get back to you on how I actually feel about this Ravens defense as we get further in. And, and I, I do think that there were plays to be made for Josh Allen in that game. And that I do think the temperature was a real, real factor in terms of fatigue down the stretch. You're big on, and you were big even whenever I first started working with you, man, for, for Cal Hamilton. And his play last week in the fourth quarter against New England was incredible. Uh, in terms of Buffalo, one issue could potentially be the run game it hasn't been effective in the first few weeks of the season the Ravens uh, in terms of the first three games of the season they've hit the over twice so far the game where they didn't ironically was against the Jets in week one um, and the over is sitting at 52 I like the over I don't like the three and a half for the Bills I just feel like there's I feel like Baltimore are going to get a win here. Honestly, man, I really, really do. I think it could be an interesting game, but I, I think Lamar Jackson's going to run all over this, over this Bills team. I think if you ever get points and you have Lamar Jackson, you should take them. I don't care who he's playing, and particularly a team that obviously has got issues defensively on the back end and then had to go through what they went through last week. There's a, there's a number of things stacking up there where I just think taking the points there is a smart play, and we all think Buffalo's the better team. I think that would be a fair assessment. Uh, I just like this Baltimore team in one-off situations. Uh, one of the things with Lamar that's interesting is uh, we just taped the MCFS, and I was, I was telling you about this on there. He accounts for 85% of the Ravens' offense. 85% of the offense runs through that man. The receiving core, though, having said that, is better than I think most people expected. Duvernay is a way bigger factor than I think most people expected. Rashad Bateman, you know that I love him. And then Mark Andrews is another one who's an one receiver dressed up as a as a tight end. I don't know if you saw ESPN's figures today. They released their like open figures, this new metric they've got. And it's just like 300 wide receivers. And number seven is uh, Mark Andrews as a tight end. So that's how open <laughs> he is as a legit wide receiver. 
Having said that, Lamar's got quite fat this year on facing the Blitz because of what happened last season with the Dolphins. Everyone's like, let's just fucking send heat, man. Let's just send as much heat on Lamar as possible. As though that was ever a problem with Lamar, it never has been. He had a destroyed offensive line, a group that hadn't played together, and he had no receivers, right? They're all injured too. So yeah, if you send extra heat and no one's open, that's a problem. Now he's got all his, all the guys are back, man. <laughs> the band's back together. He's got a better offensive line. The, the guys are open at receiver. Sending heat is old high. It's dead easy for him. So I think the league will quickly realize like that was a pro that was a mistake. <laughs> we should not be doing that. And the Bills have the best rate in the league at getting home with four. So that's the only thing that would give me a bit of concern. But if I get the, I think Lamar Jackson is just the best player in football right now. That, that's just the reality he is the easiest bucket getter in the game legs or arm right if you get him and get points that that seems like the smart play to me yeah i like the over and one thing i'll say is because of the betting podcast for the people listening i had money last week at a double on jamar chase and mark andrews anytime mark andrews was the one you weren't sweating about because he was running wild last week uh as you said on that espn listing as a wide receiver he had um He's been targeted 31 times already this season, 245 receiving yards and three touchdowns. And this is the guy that didn't even have a touchdown in week one. Mm -hmm. That is insane, man. But yeah, it's going to be a hell of a game. I like the over. Um, one game that I can't... Well, look, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the Eagles, right? I'm not sure about the handicap, but after the Jaguars' performance last week, and I know there's issues with the Chargers on both sides of the ball with injuries... <laughs> um, Eagles playing the Jaguars in the later window. Eagles six and a half point favorites at nine to ten on. The over is 48 and a half at 10 to 11. Eagles quite, quite favored on the money line. <sighs> You're saying here about how good Trevor Lawrence looks, but can they, can they, never mind the defense, can the whole team pick it up after going to LA playing the Chargers? Can they now play this Eagles team that just look, you know, they've been thriving on both sides of the ball? Yeah. Just so, so good. It's going to be a hell of a game, man. It is. I mean, that's they're just a juggernaut. They are just an absolute juggernaut. You're walking into a freight train. That's really hard. I think that as good as the Eagles are defensively, there's there's maybe a better chance for the Jags to move the ball on offense than defensively. I'm actually writing about the Jags defense tomorrow for the read optional. It, that is an unbelievable group. They, they just got freak athletes everywhere. They literally just went out and got A++ guys all over the defensive front. And the way they use particularly the two rookies, Trayvon Walker and Devin Lloyd, is... is interesting and creative and because those guys are so layered as players and just frankly like weirdo athletes it's, those guys shouldn't exist they are naturally disguised in everything they're doing and the, it's 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 cool stuff now that does make me think is jalen hurts that guy is he the guy to id the zone pressures and all that stuff and he's done a way 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 better job this season than he's ever done before most noticeably in the red zone at just kind of picking things up really quickly and get rid of the ball fast that would be my only thing is, is this the game where we get two brain farts and he turns the ball over against that defense? Um, then on offense, I mean, look, the Eagles, that, that defense is loaded. They don't do anything overly sophisticated. Uh, I like my chances with Doug Peterson against a non-sophisticated defense to at least move the ball and then scoring just becomes a matter of red zone stuff. Trevor's been really, really good. He's been really, really good. So uh, it, it's... I, I, I think the Eagles are the best team in the NFL. That's the only problem. You know, if this was any other team in the NFL, kind of with, with how the Jags are playing, I would I would fancy their chances. I still I still think I'm going to take the Eagles in this one. And um, Olakun has got twenty. I probably haven't pronounced that lad's name wrong. I'm sorry. I'm not great with these sort of names, lads. Twenty two tackles 
this so far this season. Uh, I feel like even though Devonta Smith has averaged uh, 83 yards per game at the minute, I feel like he's going to break out this week and just have like over 100, 110, yeah. 120 yards. And I'll look one just quickly. You know, he, he, I think he led the league in tackles last year. And often tackle stats are misleading, particularly if you're on a bad team, because it means you're, it's just your, your defensive front is shy. And so you're mopping up. That's what <laughs> happens, honestly, is guys get cleaned out the first level and then you get hit in the face by a player and they, you get a sack, right? Uh, you get a tackle. Sorry, that's how it goes. Watching them this season, one, he is everywhere. And I mean, everywhere. He's an unbelievable athlete. He's, he's a better player than I thought he was, honestly. I thought he was getting um, one of those good stats, bad teams, guys. I thought he was getting help because of how bad the the, the Falcons front was. Um, but he's been unbelievable on the way him and Lloyd played together. They have a little wink-wink uh, thing already together, which is really, really cool. So, um, yeah, they, they Jacksonville has the kind of players that means they can do things in their front because they basically play four edge guys on every snap rather than having, like, two interior guys and they roll them out. I mean, they... Some of the guys are bigger inside. There's one true interior guy, but they can do things that almost no other defense, maybe the Packers can actually run in the NFL. So that they are, I think, going to be a a week to week game plan team where one week it'll be really right, and then one week it'll be like, oh, we're in trouble. Like throwing that stuff at Tom Brady, he would just shred you apart. It would be inconsequential to him. Throwing that stuff against Jalen Hurts with where he's at in his development, I I think Jalen's been unbelievable this year. Um, but that that is a that would be my only question mark. Let's put a bookmark on Jalen Hurts and come back if they win this game because their schedule after that is lovely jubbly. It's Even this incredible. One, I, there's no way they don't go into this with confidence. I mean, Washington moved the ball up and down the field on Jackson. You know, it, it wasn't like a bloodbath in that game. So, yeah. And I think last week has sort of took that whole perception of Jacksonville. And of course it has because of the manner in which they won. Uh, the Christian Kirk connection, can he get another touchdown or two? It'll be, it'll be interesting to see. I don't want to talk about this last game, but we're going to have to. The Bucks against the Chiefs. And now, Ollie, I have a flight at 7 o'clock in the morning, so I'm going to miss this game. And I'm glad I am because apparently at the time of recording, and hopefully, please God, everyone's okay with this hurricane, um, this game could be moved to Minnesota if there's an issue in terms of the weather. Now, I will say this. Why are we talking about this? This has an impact, in my opinion, on the on the batting massively. Because if you take it away from the home stadium and there's, let's be frank, it might not be a massive turnout at that or it could be a close. I'm not sure what's going to happen yeah, there. Might, but They'll probably close it, yeah. Yeah, Chiefs minus two on the handicap at 10 to 11. The over is 45 at 22 to 25. And the Chiefs are favored 10 to 13. Now, look, before we go into the numerous comments here, if the over is 45, Tom Brady has scored a touchdown in each or passing touchdown in each game so far this season. I understand that you've got Lenny there and you've also got another team to score points as well. If it's that sort of game again where defenses for the Bucs, especially like that, that defense for the Bucs so far this season has been great. I just can't see the over hitting. Is that me being crazy because it's Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? I just feel like if we get to like the mid of the second quarter and it's slow, I, 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 I think, I think because. Look, the Bucks' offense has been just bad, bad for a couple of weeks. Now losing Mike, you know, Dennis Allen just has a thing on Tom Brady, so you almost have to throw that out with the Saints game. I don't know what kind of voodoo shit Dennis Allen's into, but whatever, you know, whatever happened when Tom Brady moved to the NFC South, they just filled the headquarters with voodoo dolls and have been poking them ever since. Haven't cared about anyone else seemingly, but only Tom Brady. They just, they just, he just mops the floor with Tom Brady. It's, like, it's the only way you can say it, right? It's weird. Um, Last week, you lose Mike Evans. Um, they have the issues on the offensive line anyway. This week, at least they have Evans back. 
And I just think that the Chiefs' defense is so reliant on disguising and rolling coverages and basically trying to freak people out. That doesn't work with Tom Brady. Um, And that's why they've always struggled against Tom Brady because he... Oh, Spagnolo outside of the year when he had like three Hall of Famers <laughs> ripping off the line of scrimmage and he didn't have to do the disguise stuff. Whenever Spagnolo's played Brady with disguise coverages, it doesn't end well because you cannot, you cannot, you cannot disguise Tom Brady. Um, so that leads me to think it's going to be more of a shootout than than you're expecting. I like it, and hopefully, I'm just not going to see constant flows uh, to Russell Gage and Cameron Brith. I just want an exciting game. They picked these games, like they picked that Niners-Broncos game last week and this game going, these are going to be great games, big storylines, and it's been a slow start, but I agree. Uh, Sha- Shaq Bard, 12 tackles, two tackles for loss, two sacks so far this season. Winfield Jr.'s had a hell of a season already. One interception, 19 tackles in the first three games. Bring it on. Patrick Mahomes is going to have uh, an interesting game. Do you like the over, though, or not? I do like the over. I don't think that the books have the pieces to replicate what the Colts did um, defensively. As I said, that came down. That was a game that essentially was we wiped the floor with them on early downs, which I think the books can do because their fronts obviously really, really strong. But then we're going to play a ton of man coverage on third down, and we're going to win every match. I mean, I think the Chiefs were one for six, one for seven to open that game on third down, something in that range. One that doesn't happen with the Chiefs at all. And two, three of those plays were one-on-one balls between Kelsey and Gilmore. And as I said before, Gilmore is just a unique player at that position. You don't get that. Whenever they they had two plays where they moved Kelsey, they motioned Kelsey to get him basically a simpler matchup. And anyone else on Kelsey, it was over. He was open. Either Mahomes missed him, didn't throw there. They bracketed him with two plays and someone else was open or... Gilmore was on him and Gilmore shut him down. Show me on this team who is the guy who's going to waddle around with Travis Kelsey on third down and just close him down. Or else you're compromising your coverage because you've got to send two guys onto him and then it's one-on-one across the board everywhere else. And that's where Mahomes eats you alive if everyone's one-on-one. So uh, I I think that I think we're going to be in for... I think I think the narrative will shift a little with the Bucks' offense this week and I think we'll be in for, for a good a good high-scoring game. Please God of this, please God. And hopefully they move the game. Like, I, I know you can't flex games, does it, week yet, but they should have made an exception this week. Put that uh, Bills game, Sunday Night Football, and hopefully everything goes okay with that Sunday Night Football game in Tampa, and hopefully everyone stays safe. Uh, bet of the week, I've got a bonus bet for you as well. You haven't seen it yet this week. I'll give you the first one that you have seen. Uh, Lions uh, minus four and a half on the handicap against the Seahawks, 22-25. I have Detroit winning this week. And also... I I know I know we don't I know we're not big fans of money line bets here. I'm gonna do it. Falcons to beat the Browns. Straight Crazy. up. Straight up. Um I think they stop the run and, and win the game. I, I picked the Falcons to win in Seattle last week and granted there's a different situation in Seattle than there is in Cleveland, but I've just got a feeling that well it's not exactly a crazy thing to bet against Jacoby Brissett. I mean he's yeah. he's, been, he's been unbelievable in the first three weeks. It's like it's crazy. And I know Jacoby Brissett has a lot of admirers in the league. It's like wild. He's like always considered like the, oh, if I was going to give a backup a chance, you know, it's like this like kind of like dizzy in the eyes. Like, oh, I'd love to build a team around Jacoby Brissett. It's like, really? Jacoby Brissett? Um, but he's be, he's played way above the level when we last saw him uh, in Indianapolis and stuff. So um, that's been impressive, but it's not a silly bet to say, look, he's played well so far. There's probably going to be between now and whenever Watson winds up coming back two or three games where he's just 
you know, it's just he's Jacob Brissett again, right? That's that seems like a plausible situation. So I'm definitely in on that one. Yes, sir. Uh, your bet of the week is well. I really wanted to find a Justin Fields one, um, but Unibet didn't have that, or at least not the time that we're recording. So I wanted to find a Justin Fields one. That's a bit frustrating. So what I took was. Um, I, I took the Cardinals minus one over Carolina. Um, now, I feel like I'm talking about the Cardinals every week on this podcast, but I, I don't think people are grappling with the magnitude of how bad Baker Mayfield has been. This was supposed to be the chance, different franchise, handbrake off. Oh, they've got more weapons than you think. Um, offensive line, they drafted Iki Iquanu. They, you know, they've tried to add some pieces there. And Baker might not be great, but if he's the 20th best quarterback in the league, or if he's the 16th best quarterback in the league, or in a magical world where he gets into the 12th range because he has kind of a Derek Carr year, um, then, you know, maybe look out for the pants, or maybe they're not terrible. That was kind of the attitude going into the season. He has been, by all the measurements, the worst quarterback in the NFL. I test, you want to go to that, I can, I can break down any play you want and go through how terrible he has been, but the RB... DSM composite, which essentially takes EPA per play value and tries to section out how much the quarterback is worth to the value with the offense above the, the expectation, right? It's the best single measure we have right now of quarterback performance. He's dead last in the NFL. The only person close to him is Trey Lance, and he has he hasn't played as many snaps, and he played this one game in a monsoon, right? It's as if Baker Mayfield is playing every game in a monsoon is how his EPA figures currently stack up. So it's that bad, man. And the, the ball point in the Cardinals is if you're precise and you play in rhythm, they're a mess, right? If you play second phase football and you try and break out a structure, that's when they've got good athletes. They can actually make some plays. Baker just, he just isn't that guy. He's just not that dude. It's that, it's that simple. And so I'm, I'm heavy, heavy, heavy on the Cardinals this week. I like it. I like it. And if you're heavy, heavy, heavy on the Cardinals this week or any team, check out Unibet, the link in the bio uh, on the podcast. Just a massive thanks to everyone that's listened to this podcast over the first three to four weeks of the NFL season. Going to keep it going all season long. Really appreciate it. Appreciate the feedback as well. You can get us on Twitter at Gridiron, at Ollie Conley, at Michael underscore NFL on Twitter. DMs are open. Feel free to give us a shout, say hello. And uh, Ollie, we'll chat next week for week five and look back at our amazing bet selections. Talk to you then. 